Well, greetings in the precious name of Jesus. We have so much to be thankful for. And uh, first of all, uh, <clears throat> salvation through the precious, through his precious blood and all the provisions he's made for us in so many different ways. <clears throat> I've been disappointed that we uh, have to miss Sunday school. And uh, I'm sure most of you are too. And hopefully we can, something can happen uh, as the Lord gives direction that we can get back into that some, some way or how. But uh, most of you realize from looking at your new quarterlies that came out, what, uh, a month ago, <clears throat> that uh, these lessons, these first, these lessons in June uh, we, we've missed are on the, the family and the home. Such an important subject. And here we are um, in the congregation with so many children. Uh, and I started to make a list or count them or something, but, but I didn't. But it doesn't really matter how many it is exactly. But you know, you just know, uh, we have a lot of young families here. We have uh, many children. We have from the teenage group all the way down to little infants. We have many children here, and uh, my heart goes out to you parents with, with young children, and uh, then when we miss these, uh, these lessons on, on the home, uh, you know, again, I said I, I was disappointed, and so I, as I knew I would be uh, scheduled to preach this morning, uh, I just thought I need to preach something, uh, something about this subject of, of the home or children or parents or something. And so that's, uh, that's what I'm doing. Now, I have a suggestion. It's just a suggestion. <laughs> but we may, uh, maybe before long, we'll start having evening services again. Uh, and so uh, you Wednesday evening leaders, you want something to do on Wednesday evening? Everybody has a Sunday school quarterly. It'll make it easy for you and good for us if we would go over uh, a lesson or two that we missed. Okay? And so that's just an idea. Wednesday evening leader, something you to think about, okay? So the subject um, I've, or I've titled my thoughts for this morning. Um, well, first of all, I, I'm, I'm focusing especially on parents, okay? It's like many other messages. When we focus on a certain group of people, usually there's something there for most of the others also. Okay, you understand. That's the beauty of the Word of God. And so, uh, yes, I, I'm focusing my thoughts especially on, on parents of, of, uh, of children, parents of, of young children, uh, parents of, uh, of children at home, okay, this morning. Um, so I've titled it this, Building a Solid Foundation for Our Children. We can only, of course, scratch the surface a little bit on a few, with a few comments this morning in, in the time we have. Uh, it's a subject that many, many books, good books, have been, have been written on. Building a Solid Foundation for Our Children. I'm going to break it down into these three areas. Number one, by our personal example. Number two, by teaching God's word. And number three, by submitting to authorities. By the way, you don't have to be a, a parent to benefit from this, I've already suggested that, of course, but I'll make it a little more specific to some of you. If you are uh, an authority, if you act as an authority to, to children in any way, even if you're not their parent, if you're a, a, a leader of a child's group, if you're a teacher, if you're, say, a school teacher, if you're a Sunday school teacher, 
if you're a leader of a, of a children's group in some other way, shape, or form, then the children are looking to you and realize that you are their authority for, for a time, for a given situation. And so it's natural that, that, that they're looking to you uh, even uh, probably mostly in a subconscious way, and they're learning from you. And you're telling them, this is what we'll do, this is what we'll do, this is the rule for this, this is how we'll do this. And if they see you as not coming under your authority, then in the back side of their mind somewhere, they're going to be thinking about that. They might not think about it too consciously sometime, but they'll think about it subconsciously sometime, somewhere. And so I'm saying, yes, it's not just this message is just not for parents only, but it's for any, anybody that would have leadership, authority over younger ones uh, in various ways, places. This is what God said about Abraham early on in the Bible. In fact, it's in Genesis chapter 18. He said this. God said this of Abraham. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord. Fathers and mothers. Is God saying that of you this morning? See, God knows what will become of your children next year and five years from now and ten years from now. God knows that. And God knew Abraham and how he would conduct his family. And God said that of him, for I know him. That he will command his children and his household after him. That they shall keep the way of the Lord. That just in itself is such a challenge. Will God have to say, uh, well, here's a family. Well, unfortunately, they're not going to turn out too good. He may be, as it were, crying. Because you family, whoever he may be thinking about when he says that, <laughs> would have uh, the, the possibilities and the power if, if, you would, if we would only take his power to, to, to make that happen like in a godly way and for God's glory. But, but maybe God can't say that of some. And then hopefully God is, but, but hopefully God is saying that of, of all mothers and fathers that are here this morning. That he, he can say that I know you and that you will command your children and your household in such a way that they shall keep the way of the Lord. One other verse in introduction here is this, the one that most of you can say by memory. Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Dear parents, you will train him by your personal example. You will train him by your teaching of God's word to him. You will train him by your submission to your authorities. Let's uh, then begin with number one. Building a solid foundation for our children. First of all, number one, by personal example. I think I'll read uh, a few verses first and then have a few comments and then look uh, rather specifically then at some of those verses. So, uh, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 4. 
Deuteronomy in chapter 4. Uh, just two verses here. Deuteronomy 4, just two verses. That is verses 9 and 10. Verse 9. We're thinking about, in number one here, about personal example as we uh, endeavor to build a solid foundation for our children. <clears throat> I, I'm not going to take a lot of time, first of all, to, you know, I, I could, I could, one could take time to talk about a foundation and what a foundation is for and uh, what that solidity uh, and that solidness does for, for a growing child. You know, one could, could talk about that a while, but, but I won't. But maybe just in the comments I just made, you could, you could think about some of those things. I'll just say one. <laughs> I'll say this, but then I must go on. There's so many children in our world that don't know where to turn. Their minds are messed up. They're, they're, they, they're, they're not stable. And it's a result of their home. It's a result of the fact that their home is not a solid foundation. And, and, and they're just not sure of themselves they, they don't fit in. They, they don't know how to relate to situations. And you know what I'm trying to say. Most of you do. And it's because their homes are not a solid foundation. Well, okay, Deuteronomy 4 and verses 9 and 10. Only take heed to thyself. First of all, M Moses is talking here to the people. Uh, many of you realize Deuteronomy is a book of rehearsing. Deuteronomy is a book of Moses going over what has happened before and reminding the listeners, the children of Israel, rehearsing in their ears what has happened. Okay? Verse 9. Take heed, only take heed to thyself. I think I will make some comments on, on, on these couple of verses. That way I won't have to come back to them. But then I'll make, after these two verses, I'll make a few comments, and then we'll look at a, another uh, few other verses here in, in the book of Deuteronomy also. Only take heed to thyself. For first of all, I underline thyself. We, I'm saying, number one, a personal example. If we're going to have a solid foundation for our children... And so he says different times, look at yourself first. If you're not shaping up to, to God and his work in your heart and life, you won't likely raise children very well. Your children are going to have difficulties and problems. So take heed first to thyself and keep thy soul diligently. Keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. Which thine eyes have seen. Moses said, you have seen so much. God has did so much for you. And dear ones, as, as I was listening to Mark share the, the, the devotional, of course, I was thinking about this message, and he said just different things, and there was different things in there about that rock and about what God had done for them and about the fact that they had no excuse to go to try to, to, try to go somewhere else and to stand on a little rock, a little R. And so, you know, rocks and foundations have something in common. Rocks and solid foundations have something in common, of course. They had no excuse to fall away. They had no excuse to go somewhere else because their eyes had seen what God had done for them in the past. How could they go astray? 
Continue to read. Lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. But they couldn't teach their children well unless, first of all, it was in their heart. Turn over a page or two to chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I will read the first six verses and then maybe I'll make a few comments and then, and then look at some of the verses individually just to kind of tear them apart and look at the individual words and, and ask us some questions and, and, and hopefully help us to think about what, what God is saying here. Uh, to the people in, in these verses. So I'll read Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 1 to 6. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whether ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey." Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now, I just have to show you verse 7 so you understand what he's, what's happening here. But we won't talk about verse 7 quite yet, but just look at it, the first part of it. You see, he said the first six verses in preparation for the seventh verse. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. You get the point. They, that could not happen, that would not happen, unless, first of all, it was in their heart. Parents' relationship with, with God must be more than uh, some dry rules or regulations. Um, a parent's relationship with God must be more than, uh, than stern moralism. It has to be a, a living thing that's happening. It's more than religious duties and exercises. It's more than something we kind of tack on our outside to look good in front of our children uh, at certain times. But, but a parent's relationship with God must be personal and, and dynamic and, and living. That the, the children just, just know that dad and mom are, are like God. <laughs> I mean, their endeavor to live by God and his word and the things of God and his word just 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 flow out of them, uh, you know, through through their love and through their smile and, and through their actions. When children have trouble going the way that we want them to go, then we need to take a, a hard look back at ourselves. We must take a hard look back at ourselves when we see trouble in our children. And you know, you could, I could make some more comments there, but we don't have time to say everything this morning. Our children will, will react to our inner spirit 
rather than respond to our words. Let me say that again. Our children will react to our inner spirit rather than respond to our words. Words is something we're doing on the outside. It's a physical thing. But the child knows your heart. They knows your, he, he can read your attitude. He can read your desires. And I'm not saying he's like God, but you know what I'm saying. He, 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 he sees you, you, you in, in life, he sees you in action a lot more than just when you're saying a word to him. And so he's reading much, much more than your words. He's hearing much, much more than just the words that come out of your mouth. And so a child will react to your inner spirit rather than respond to your words. Parents must cultivate their own personal relationship with God in order for our children to have a vital relationship with him. It's a big job. We as parents need to pray for wisdom. Our personal prayer life is so important to pray when the children aren't looking, to pray when the children are looking, to pray with the children. And pray in such a way that the children know that your prayer are coming straight from your heart. And not something that you just have to do. But it's really coming out of your heart, your prayer. <clears throat> Let's look then. Um, specifically... <clears throat> at some of the phrases and words in these first six verses I just read in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. <clears throat> Leading our children and creating a, a solid foundation for them is more being I'm saying it's, it's more being, and I've already suggested that in various things I've said, but it's more being than doing. In your life, okay, verse 2. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God. It means reverence the Lord. A reverential fear for the Lord. Do you fear the Lord? Do you reverence him? Do your children know that? Okay, re remember, we're getting to verse 7 eventually. But verse, there's verse, six verses that are preparing us for verse 7 if we're going to be effective in teaching and training our children and providing a solid foundation for them. And so, do your children know that you reverence and fear the Lord? And not so much, I've already said, not so much that you told them that, but they just know it. They will know it, okay? Continuing with verse 2. To keep all the statutes and the commandments which I command thee. Do you keep all the statutes and commandments? Do your children know that? Uh, the authority that is given to the church in the New Testament. Do you appreciate that? And so do you keep all the rules of your congregation that you've chosen to be a part of? And do your children know that? 
Verse 3. Here. Are, are you listening? The Bible says here. It's there for a reason. Are, are you listening? Are you listening to God? Are you listening to His Spirit moving in your heart and life if you're a Christian? Uh, do, do your children know that? Hear, O Israel, and observe to do it. Not just hear that it goes in, in one ear and out the other. Not just hear with, with your physical ears, but hear with your heart in such a way that something happens. That's what it says in the middle of verse 3. In the first part of verse 3 after here. And observe to do it. Are you obeying the voice of God? Are you doing it? And, and, and by the way, do your children know that? Uh, here was, the, the word here was very important because it's repeated again. It's said again in, in verse 4. He already said it at the beginning of verse 3. Now he says it again in the beginning of verse 4. Hear, O Israel! And so I'm going to ask you again, are you hearing? Are you listening and are you hearing? Do you want to hear? And, and do your children know that? Verse 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. Love the Lord. With all thine heart is the first part of, of, of that verse. As you see, it's heart and then soul and then might. So let's look at them individually. With all thine heart. That's, that's the innermost part of you. Your innermost being. Do you love the Lord that way? From way down inside of you. And do your children know that? With all thy soul. That, that means then after it's in your heart, if it's in your heart, it will come out. It will manifest itself in expressions, in desires, in emotions. Do you love the Lord that way? And do your children know that and see that and hear that? And then the last part of verse 5 is, with all thy might. That's yeah, what that means really do it. I, I mean, is that you as a parent? And do your children know that? It's so easy to do some other things with a lot of might and with a lot of strength and with a lot of zeal. Do they know that you love the Lord with all your might? Verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. First. Before verse 7. Before you attempt to teach. So some things that, some practical things that in where in which we could be uh, examples to our children, and you know you could go many ways with this, and your list would be different than mine, and so forth. That's okay. Are you a, a disciplined person? You know, do you have schedules? Uh, you know. Do you say, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right? Or is your life just kind of haphazard, you know? What about reading and studying God's Word? 
I mean, are you an example to your children in that way? We're talking about here, number one, being an, ex an example to, to our children. Reading and studying God's word. What do your children know about you in, in, in that area? What about controlling your tongue? Are you an example? Am I an example to my children in that way? You know, some people probably talk too much. Some pro people probably don't talk enough. And then there's some that are just right, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. No, we're probably, nobody's just right because of our, our humanness. Um, but the controlling of our, our tongue, the Bible, of course, speaks of that. We know that. And, and uh, both talking too much and talking too, too little. Uh, what are you example to your children in your reading material, the things you read, you know? Do you ever read? <laughs> I mean, and, and if you say, well, yeah, of course. Well, well I mean, what is it? And, 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 and if, if I would ask your children, what does your dad and mom read? And they would have to make a list of five things. What would they write down? What, what, what would, of course, number three has to do with respecting authorities, but uh, just as an example in this introductory part of being an example, uh, uh, respecting and supporting authorities. Uh, are you an example there? You know, we'll talk about that later. Uh, are you an example of, of God to them? Uh, I mentioned that already, you know, but uh, are you an example as a father and mother of, of the Heavenly Father? in love and mercy and forgiveness. Well, we must go on to number two. And that is by teaching God's word. Building a solid foundation for our children by teaching God's word. Diligent, diligent teaching uh, and doing it consistently is a, is a vital part of, of, of what we should be doing with, sharing with our children. Uh, it's not something that we just do in an in a organized way uh, for a couple minutes a day, but, but our whole life is one of teaching to them. Yes, it is. God's word should be a natural point of reference in our daily life. There's so many things that happen throughout the day, throughout the week, that could turn us right straight to the word. We could turn right straight to the word in front of our children and for our children if we would. It should be a natural point of reference, the word, it should be. Children should see God at every turn of the way. Through us, through us as parents. Your children know you well. My children know me well. How well do they know God through me and through you as their parent? Let's look then at verse 7. Verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. I'll say it again. I've said it a couple times already. Of course, it comes after verses 1 through 6. But verse 7 says this. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. The them is the things of God, the word of God, the precepts of God, the commandments of God. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up.
I'll read verse 8 and 9. I might not comment much on those uh, today, but uh, verse 8, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. Of course, verse 8 and 9 is just going into more detail and, and giving more breadth uh, to, to what he said about the general theme of teaching at the beginning of verse 7. Verse 8 again, thou shalt bind them as a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon thy post of thy house and on thy gates. <clears throat> Teach them diligently to thy children. That's what it says in verse 7. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. That's what the Bible says. Talk about the things of God in the house. Talk about the things of God when you walk. Talk about the things of God when you ride. Talk about the things of God when you lay down. Talk about the things of God when you get up. Each day and everything should have Christ at the center. Should have God at the center. You see... Things for a Christian home, things for a Christian, I should say, things for a Christian are really not sacred and secular. Or sacred or secular. Everything is sacred. So on this thing of teaching, we're looking at number two, teaching. By teaching God's word, uh, if I could just make a, a few comments about um, some formal teaching and, and, and some family devotions, family worship. Uh, you can call it different things, but it's a, it's a, it's a thing that, if used regularly, can, can be such a blessing to a, to a Christian home. Um, Family worship um, should be, you might say, speaking with Jesus, not, not just speaking about him. Uh, it, it's like uh, we're, we're relating to, to God, to Jesus, uh, to his word in a personal way, not, you know, and, and allowing him to, to speak to us. You know, as we read his word, he's speaking to us. Uh, you know, and, and some of the things we do or say, maybe we're speaking to him. So it's, uh, it's, it's speaking with Jesus and with God and with his word, not just ab about him. <clears throat> the saying of family devotions or family worship, uh, it's not going to be one set pattern uh, for, uh, for any family or, or for all families. Uh, and, and yeah, not for all families and maybe not one set pattern for, for any family all the time. And why would I say that? Well, because as, as children grow, uh, you, you need to, to, to plan the, the worship, the devotions to, to, to fit the needs of, of the children of that age. And so as families, so families are continually changing. You know, the older ones are leaving, the younger ones are getting older, you know, maybe we're having more babies, and so things are happening, things are changing. It's not a stagnant situation. And so with the wisdom that God can give, I think as parents, they can, they can make some changes or have some, have some uh, not be everything set in stone so that, so that it meets the needs of the children and the family at the given time. I mentioned earlier about um, uh, 
are you an example in, in discipline and, and routines and, and that kind of thing? I think I mentioned that. Uh, time schedules, schedules in the family, family schedules, personal schedules. They somehow need to jive if you're going to have some regularity in family worship or family devotions. Um, if, if you learn in your family, maybe according to one's work schedules, how to, how to tie things together, that there can be some regularity in the things that we do. It can be a real blessing and a benefit to the children. It can be a real stabilizing force in the lives of the children. Some fathers maybe uh, go to work early. and Some fathers go to work later. Some fathers work at home. Some fathers don't, you know. And, and, but, but I believe by the grace of God, we can, we can establish some, some regularity and some patterns to things that happen in the house and in the home that can be a blessing to the children. If we don't, if, if we just kind of operate, we just kind of fly by, some people say the seat of their pants, you know. In other words, there, there's, you know, there's no rhyme or reason, you know. It just whatever happens today happens, you know. Whatever, you know, we'll just play it by ear, you know, whatever. That's going to have negative effects on your children. Yes, it will. As far as um, trying to have some regularity in family worship, family devotions, you know, of course, there's the morning of the day, there's the middle of the day, there's the uh, supper time of the day, there's the night of the day, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, how does it work for you? I mean, uh, you should try to make it fit, uh, you should work it in some way, again, where there's some regularity and some structure to it. Uh, <clears throat> For, for many homes, probably where the, the fathers don't have to leave so early, uh, probably a, a morning time is a great time for family worship or devotions. Uh, but uh, in some situations where fathers uh, leave very early for work, then, of course, that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't work so well. Again, some of the things I'm saying here, it, it's going, it could change depending on the age of the children. And so, you know... Uh, be, we need to be flexible as the years go on, as life goes on, to help meet the needs of the children in the home at the time. Um, just while I'm thinking about it on that, you know, you know, maybe this thing of taking so much time with reading, reading such a big story because we have little children, uh, you know, that may be good, but, but maybe you don't have to do it every day. If you have some little children that you think can benefit more by a, a pretty nice story, well, I understand, that's fine. But maybe you have older children that get kind of bored at these little children's stories. How do you do that when you have a spread in the age of your children? Well, maybe you can have these children's stories some days, you know, three or four days a week rather than seven days a week. You know, you don't have to do this and maybe establish a pattern so the children know what's coming. Today we have this story. Today we read this chapter in the Bible and we, we, we alternate, you know, to, and this can help maybe meet the needs of the little children and the big children at the same time. Uh, of course, we can all benefit from the little stories and the, even the little children can benefit from reading the word even Though some of the chapters and some of the phrases they may not, not understand, but they will as they grow. The same thing with the songs and singing that you may do. Uh, you have to somehow meet the needs of the children of, of, of all the ages. And that can be a, a variety of things and not always do the same thing every day, you know, for the same reasons I just gave, you know. So morning is a good time, but it not, might not work well for everybody. Um, if it doesn't work in the morning, maybe supper time would be a good time uh, to have family worship or devotions. Well, what about should it be done before the meal or after the meal? <laughs> well, I would suggest afterwards. I mean, when, when people are hungry and the food is smelling and mom is getting stuff on the table, and how, 
will that detract from trying to have devotions before the meal? Well, it certainly will. And it'll detract a lot. And so it would probably be best to fill the children's stomachs first and to get mom's food on the table and eaten. And then everybody can sit back and relax and read the Bible, read a story, sing a couple songs together or something. Uh, so it probably is, you know, if you do it before the meal, you're going to probably try to get over it really quick so we can quick eat, you know. <laughs> and that's not the way to do it. I, likely, um, in, in many homes at least, in many homes, to try to have a family devotion or, or worship time just before going to bed is probably not a good idea. Our bodies get accustomed to, it, okay, at the end of the day, the sun's going down, we've played hard, we've worked hard, it's time to sleep. It's time to relax. It's time to lay down. It's time to put your feet up. It's time to get ready to sleep. And that's not a good time to try to have family devotions with little children wore out and shot and sleep and going to sleep while dad's reading the Bible and that kind of thing. They would rather be in bed, maybe. And so, you know... Just before bedtime is probably not the best time to try to have family devotions on a regular basis. You know, in the summertime, the sun, it doesn't get light till quarter after nine. You know, if you would have went ahead and did that, spent that 30 minutes after supper with that, then you can play till quarter after nine or 9.30. Then you can work till the sun goes down. Then you wouldn't have to say, oh, okay, come in, children. I mean, I mean, it's 8.30 and eight, a quarter after 8. We've we got to have devotions before we go to bed. Oh, it's, it's so light. I could get a lot done yet in the next 45 minutes. You see, if you'd go ahead and take time with that after supper or something, you know, then you could do your thing, both little and old, until it's time to go to bed. And it would probably be a lot more concentration for everybody and be more relaxed. Just a few th things there. <clears throat> okay, we must go to number three then. <clears throat> Much more could be said, of course, about having family worship or devotions or teaching in a structured, formal way, uh, God's word. Uh, again, books are written on that sub subject. We're just scratching the surface a little bit here uh, this morning. <clears throat> Building solid, a solid foundation for our children, number one, by personal example, we looked at that. Number two, by teaching God's word. Number three, I can say, by submitting to authorities. Because our children are looking to us for leadership from day one all on up through their years. They naturally look to the older ones. They naturally look to their parents for leadership and for authority. You are their authority. They look to you naturally for that leadership. And you are that by the command of God. Okay, and so that that is so important. And, and the fact is, uh, when they see you, when they see me as a parent, recognizing all the authorities in my personal life and submitting to all the authorities in my personal life, then it will hap help them much more naturally come under your command and submit to you and look up to you as their leader and as their authority. Let's look at two places, first of all, in 1 Peter. 1 Peter, if you turn your Bibles to 1 Peter. First of all, chapter 2. 1 Peter, chapter 2. 
beginning to read at verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. You know, as I was preparing for this and read verse 17 there, it's such a little short verse. But, you know, sometimes I suggest verses if you'd like to put something on your mirror or refrigerator for the next week or month or something. Maybe there, verse 17 there would be a good one to stick up there, you know, uh, just to remind ourselves from, from day to day. You know, every time you comb your hair, brush your teeth or wash your face or something or go to the refrigerator, <laughs> you know. Uh, did you see it? Verse 17, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Uh, Joshua, that would be a good verse for you to preach on sometime. Uh, you know, there, that's a beautiful little outline there. I mean, it, it's not even two lines. And that would be another way, reason to put it on your refrigerator or mirror because, you know, you see it. And you, all of you, most of you here probably can say it by memory already. And so you could just say it throughout the day because you saw it on your mirror this morning. And it just reminded you, and so you just kind of say it all day long, you know. It will be helpful in many relationships if we say that before we get into trouble in some relationships, you know. But I've never preached that message just from 17, but it would make a powerful message. Um, I don't think he, the writer there was Peter was just throwing out some, some things that came to his mind you know they relate to each other honor all men love the brotherhood fear God honor the king Turn over to chapter 5. Chapter 5. Uh, just one verse in chapter 5. 1 Peter 5. And it is verse 5. Verse 5. Likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. And be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. There's a lot in that verse. So much in that verse. Uh, Dan, maybe you could take that one for your next assignment. <laughs> uh, now you probably already have one prepared for your next assignment, maybe for one a couple months down the road. But, but there's so much. You could make an outline and just talk about all the different words and phrases in that verse. Um, wow. Submit yourselves. Be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. You see, that thing, the first two lines in there where I use the word submit and be subject to, they fit right together with the last two or three lines of the verse. You can't separate them. Do your children see that, that lifestyle in you? 
do your children see that characteristic in you as their parent? How do you think they will look up to you for leadership and direction? How do you think they will just submit to you and your ways and your rules in your house for them if they sense that that's not in your heart to those in authority over you? Turn back a few pages to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, just two verses. First of all, verse 7, Hebrews 13, 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Verse 17, verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. And then Ephesians 5. Turn back then to Ephesians in chapter 5. <clears throat> we're building, I'm suggesting this morning, we're, we're building a solid foundation for our children. If we as parents, if we as teachers, if we as their authorities live by example to them, teach them the word, and we submit to the authorities uh, over, over us. Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> and um, if I can. <clears throat> Let's look, uh, begin at verse 15. Ephesians chapter 5. Beginning at verse 15, and I'll read through verse 24. Uh, this was a letter, as you know, without me telling you, that, that Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus. He's writing not to an individual. He's writing to a body of believers. Okay? With that in mind, let's read. Uh, chapter 5, beginning, I'll read uh, beginning at verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That doesn't mean that you understand what the will of the Lord is for you and you understand what the will of the Lord is for you and you understand what the will of the Lord is for you. And you get the point? <laughs> of course he's not saying that. He said, he's, I already said he's writing to the body of believers. He's writing to the church. Understand what the will of the Lord is together. As a body. Verse 18, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. If you and the Spirit don't have a good relationship, it's going to hinder your work and your family. I mean, it's like a duh. How is your walk with the Spirit? When the Spirit speaks to you throughout the day and taps you on the shoulder and the Word comes to you and God speaks to you through His Spirit and uh, empowers you by His Spirit, um, uh, is there a good relationship there? Um, if it is, uh, it'll go a long ways in building a, a solid foundation for your children. If there's problems there, uh, it'll likely show up in your children in a negative way. 
Verse 18, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to yourselves, and, and that means yourselves, it's, it's an ass on the end of that word. That means you as a group to each other, or speaking to one another. Some translations say, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. When Johnny comes home from school or from playing with his chil uh, other children and, and uh, says, you know, I don't like to play with him because he, he always cheats. I don't like to play with him because he don't follow the rules. Oh, is there rules in life? Oh, is, is there rules? Yeah, I just, you know, I don't have a good relationship with him because he, he don't follow the rules when we play. He cheats and he just makes up rules as he goes, you know. I mean, how fun is that? But sometimes there's parents in churches that you have to say this, some, some of the same things happen in the rules of the church. And then they wonder sometimes why they don't have a good relationship with this sister or that sister or this brother or that brother. It doesn't help for good relationships. It doesn't help, it doesn't encourage love when we each choose our own rules. And when we have a, a game to play, we have a, a, a document to go by, but we kind of, you know, tweak it when we want to, you know, and kind of, you know, play the game like we want to, you know. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> it doesn't help with relationships. It doesn't encourage love. Just like Johnny when he's playing with his other children and, and they don't follow the rules. I'll read verses 22, 23, and 24 yet. I said I'd read through 24. We're talking about submitting to authorities. And here's something especially then for the wives. Verse 22, wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And when children see their mothers being godly by coming under the authority of, of their husband, uh, that makes can go such a terrible long ways in, in, in their relationship with their mother. They see their mother as being a godly woman, as coming under the uh, authority of, of the head of the home, and uh, that will go a long ways in helping those children come under their authorities in various areas of life. I close in with just a couple uh, maybe a couple of verses uh, in, in Psalms um, <clears throat> yeah let's just turn let, to close with uh, a couple of verses in Psalm 112 Psalm 112 <clears throat> the first two verses Psalm 112 verses 1 and 2 Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wow. Dear parents, that's a wonderful promise from God for you. For me as, as fathers and mothers. 
When we are verse 1. When we are verse 1. Then the promise to us is verse 2. Maybe for you parents, that would be a good couple of verses to put on your mirror, on your refrigerator for the next couple of months. Just to remind you of that wonderful promise from God. So parents, pray. Open your heart to God for wisdom. For strength. Confess to God and, and to your children where you have failed. If you need to do that. Pray for your children in private. Pray with your children. Of course in public. In public with them. But then of course remember. That uh, your prayers. Your prayers. For them to understand your prayers and understand what you're saying, that's going to need to match your attitude and your actions. They know you well. They know your actions and your attitudes. If your prayers somehow are in a different field than your actions and your attitudes, then that's going to be very confusing for those children in your home. They should just mesh. Your prayers, your attitudes, and your actions all fit perfectly together. That'll be a really good foundation for your children. Let's have a closing song.